Welcome back to episode 56 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined, as always, by Gary Hartman. Gary, this is a special episode 56. Do you want to tell the viewers who you have in mind for our 56th episode? Yeah, the best football player of all time, besides maybe Tom Brady, but, you know, I don't know. Lawrence Taylor, baby. The greatest New York sports athlete, maybe, of all time. I don't know. I guess that's you're competing with Babe Ruth and stuff there. That's a tough one. But uh, LT. LT is my favorite all-time athlete, even though I wasn't really around to watch him play. Because that's the kind of Giants historian I am. Um, <laughs> a lifer. Uh, a lifer, that's right. No, it's just 56 has always been a number that I love. So episode 56, happy about it. We have uh, a lot to catch up on. I'm going to kick it right back to you because uh, you did the dirty work of finding all of the important stuff, the important nuggets, the important data from the most recent PWCC premier auction, which you noted off air was probably one of the biggest auctions uh, the last couple of months. So I'm going to kick it right back to you. What what were some of the things that stood out to you from this PWCC premier auction as we try and catch up on some of the stuff that we've missed over the last couple of weeks in the sports world and the sports card world? Yeah, so this was a great macro view of the current state of the card market uh, for a lot of different reasons. The high end, the high end market, because it's all very high end premier. It's like the golden elite auction this is definitely the biggest so we're recording this on friday november 18th which ended up being really good timing we, we actually were going to record earlier in the week and it ended up being good that we did this because the auction ended last night on thursday november 17th um and it was the biggest card auction at the very least since the lebron triple logo man from a couple months ago um but maybe even more than that because the highlight of this auction was that the luca logo man that had sold for 4.6 million last march that we spoke about on the show last year uh was back up for sale so Obviously, there were a lot of eyes on this auction to see what would happen to that Luca Logo man, um, which was kind of like always the indicator of the high-end modern card market, right? The fact that this thing went for almost went for over four point five million dollars. Obviously, it was during a um, bull market at the time, and now we're selling at a bear market for for the guy who did sell it. Um, but you know, there were a lot of eyes to see what now. What would this go for? There's a lot of speculation. Some people lose, thought it would lose more than half its value with the way things are down in general right now. Um, but ultimately, it came in at uh, three point. What did I tell you? Three point one two, three point two one, something yeah. like that. Three point one two million. Three point one two million. So what's like a twenty five or thirty percent dip um, from the four point six? That's that all goes to the seller's hand. These premier auctions from PWCC and these golden auctions. There's no seller's fee, so it's all on the buyer's premium. So that's that is what the seller will receive is three point one two million. Um, and generally. I, I'm encouraged, and I, I'm just kind of looking at the narrative around the hobby today. I think it's more encouragement than not regarding that card because I think people really thought the bottom could have fallen out the same way we've seen on a lot of NFT stuff, the same way we've seen on crypto stuff that have lost for 50, 60, 70%, uh, sometimes 80%. Obviously, the stuff going on with FTX right now, like there's just crazy stuff going on in the world of alternative assets. So I think to see only the 25-ish percent dip on what is considered the premier basketball modern-day card is not a terrible thing, honestly, compared to where we are in the market. And we'll talk about – we're going to do – we're going to be very football-heavy today, and we'll talk about some of the high end of these quarterbacks. And, and some of the signs are, aren't great, but just generally, um, you know, I think the 3.12 is, is a solid number for where that card came in. And there's a ton of other really, really high-end cards in this auction that we'll talk about as well. Yeah, so for the Luca specifically, you mentioned it sold for four point six million. That was uh, in twenty twenty one. Yep. Down, you know, to three point one two million now here in the in, in its first public sale, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. At the PWCC Premier Auction, 
I think that like if if you want to have uh, a different stance on like maybe maybe some of the negative signs here is like this is this is a Luka Doncic. Uh, this is the, obviously the, the premier card for for Luka. Probably the premier card for modern cards, modern basketball for sure. I think the one negative sign you could say is like this is a, an MVP type season for Luca, and not not that we didn't know that that was firmly within his range of outcomes, but he's currently the favorite on DraftKings to be uh, MVP this season. He's playing phenomenally, so yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement here that you know being down 30 percent wherever it's wherever it's at is not a, as concerning as it might be just looking at the number because of everything else that is happening around it in the current economic climate. Um, but I think if you if you want to take a stance like man that it, it is tough to see it fall to that degree in this type of season for Luca when we know these type of things matter, uh, I, I guess would be the one thing that I how do you how do you reconcile that when you're looking at like man this is really a great season for Luca, uh, kind of kind of an MVP front runner at this point and it's still down 25 to 30 percent does that mean anything to you or is that more of that, is that almost too micro of a something no like I I think it's hard like this. I think it's something to consider. And the other thing we should we we did for fail to mention when it was sold in the private sale in March of 21, it was raw, and now it was in a BGS mm-hmm. nine. So a nine for an NTRPA is actually fine. That's like a nine point five for most other stuff, I think. Um, so I, if anything, it should have helped its value that it was protected and, and graded at you know a nine in, in mint condition, not not in an eight point five or an eight, uh, which a lot of these thick stock cards do get. Uh, you'll see a lot of these premier auction NTRPAs that we'll talk about even for the football guys were in eights or 8.5s. So, you know, that should have helped its value as well. So, no, I mean, those are legitimate concerns that, you know, we're seeing an excellent, excellent season out of Luca through the first quarter of the whatever we are through through the way of the season. Um, but no, I just think I just think it's a market right now. You're not going to see a card go for you're not going to see a modern day card go for over four million. I don't think I don't think it, I don't think it's out there. I mean, maybe um, the. This is like the old. This is the the premier ultra modern card. Maybe if the Giannis or Steph version of this came out, like a twenty thirteen and earlier stuff, maybe we would see that kind of stuff. If a one on one logo man RPA of those two guys, those are the two names that I can think that would carry more weight. Maybe in the modern hobby, although Giannis doesn't carry as much weight as Luca, even though he should. He's the better player. Um, mm-hmm. He does not. So it's a little bit concerning coming off that year. But again, we're talking about an alternative asset. And I get it's the premier ultra modern basketball card, but an alternative asset hitting over three million, taking less losses than other alternative assets. That's the that's the lens I'm going to view this at as obviously someone invested in in this hobby and and trying to be invested on the high end high end types of things more than not. Um, but no, I mean it, it's hard to look at any type of economic situation in this country right now with a half glass full approach, right? I mean you're seeing people trying to warn everybody about gearing up for, for what's coming ahead. So take that for what, for what it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there are some, some prime examples here and we can talk about one in like Shea Gilgis Alexander or encore performance is impacting the markets in a positive way, but it has to be like these major, major leaps out of big names. It seems like major leaps out of big names, like, like SGA in basketball and Justin Fields in football right now for it to be hitting, uh, the upward swings. Otherwise, like someone like Patrick Mahomes we'll talk about, you're seeing basically stagnant if they're having a great season. So we are, you and I are huge proponents of on-field or on-court performance mattering. And even in this climate right now, it is not as much as it normally is. You know. So. Yeah, you mentioned the SGA one. And I, I think maybe there is a little bit of room in, in kind of this high end that is not the, the very, very extreme high end, the seven figure type high ends. But I think there is some room with these cards that are in like the four and five figure range for players like SGA that do have 
that type of leap. And I mean, <laughs> SGA, when you see SGA's name or any player, any NBA player's name mentioned alongside Wilt Chamberlain, you know, it's, yeah. you know, the season is going well. And uh, uh, to say that SGA is, is one of the most improved players in the league to say that he's one of the best players in the league bar none, uh, you know, it would not be an overstatement. I don't think at this point, and we just saw his, National Treasures uh, RPA sell for $87,000, up 480% uh, from just three months ago. So you talk yeah. about on-court, on-field performance mattering. I think that is one prime example. Do you do you think as kind of a more macro trend, like, and I don't know where we where we set the, the parameters on this. It's always kind of just, uh, it's more of a nuanced discussion than just setting numbers. But is there some truth to that that maybe the four and in, in five figure range has a little bit of uh, of more wiggle room as we see these guys like SGA, Justin Fields, Tua, some of these cards that uh, do have some upside but are but are you know well well shy of those high six and seven figure marks? Yeah, I mean it's more approachable, right? I'm not saying that spending eighty seven thousand dollars on SGA card is is approachable for the the everyday collector. It is not, but uh, it is way more approachable for a wealthy person than going to a three point one million dollar card. It's like comparing billionaires, right? Like, yeah. you could you could be you could be a billionaire uh, and not afford a sports franchise, right? But then if you're Steve Ballmer, you could afford a sports franchise. Once we're getting to these three, two, three million dollar cards, you're 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 limiting your customer base by ninety nine percent. Um, you know, it's at the point, the top 1%, the top <laughs> that we talk about is, yeah. is the people that could actually buy those cards. So it's, it's what they value those alternative assets in the moment. When you're looking at a Tua RPA around the $30,000 range, if you're looking at an SGA RPA, this one was the Emerald, we should say out of five. So, you know, it's one of the, the, it's the best rarity outside of the logo, man. Um, shout out to Mike Leone and Drew Dinkmeyer. They have the out of 10 in a PSA 10. So I was just talking to them right before the show. Tell them about this sale. I'm like, hey, if you want to make a move on SGA, it's probably right now. Um, so, you know, th I do think that there is a, a, a big difference in my end range between low six figure, high five figures and high six figures to seven figure cards. I definitely think there's a difference there. Well, I think that that parlays directly into this discussion that we want to have today with respects to football and primarily quarterbacks, because, uh, you know, the, we, we mentioned that these type of things are encouraging the on-court performance for SGA. The fact that uh, even in a in a bear market at these high seven figure price tags, the Luka card maintains a vast majority of its value doesn't drop nearly as much as some of these all other alternative assets. We're seeing kind of a similar situation here in the football market with numerous numerous quarterbacks at different price ranges at different points of their respective careers all doing uh well and again this is all through the, the prism of what we're currently going through in in this economic climate but all doing relatively well i think the biggest one now and the most timely one now is the justin fields one of one black pgs 95 yeah. that sold for ninety thousand. this this is obviously on the the, the very speculative range of Fields' career, but the last couple of weeks have looked really phenomenal. I think the upside is certainly there. The brand, the marketability is certainly there. What do you make of this 90K Justin Fields sale? I, If you told me that there would be any Justin Fields cards that would sniff $100,000 <laughs> coming into the season, I would have laughed your face off, so, let alone four weeks ago, mid-season. I would have said, ago, you know, right? Like, so it shows what on-field performance can do. It, it, you know, And now we're at a point where that class, two years ago, quarterback class, like, He's by far and away the guy you would choose to have right now, right? I mean, Zach Wilson. Isn't, isn't that they're, crazy they're, to say? Yeah, they're winning. Mac Jones is down like 90% from last year's yeah. stuff. Like he has got zero market. And, and I mean, he was, we talked about that last year, though. We thought he was overhyped. 
even when he was playing well. So that's one thing. And then Trevor Lawrence has just been whatever, you know? So it's like yeah. at this point it's field, it's fields from the upside perspective. And like, I, I, I had to be capitulate on shows, you know, throughout ATR stuff on, on fields. Like <laughs> I am, I'm completely uh, shocked at the level of performance over the last couple of weeks. And I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a fluke. I think they've completely revamped their offense. They've let the completely revamped the way they let him play. They're designing like eight to 10 runs for him a week. And, you know, all, all good stuff as far as Justin Fields is concerned. And it's not just the high ends. We see a 90,000 black 101 go. Uh, the low end is up as well, right? So Prism stuff. And this is the same for SGA, I should say, also. Like his his base, Prism, for Shea Gilch Alexander in basketball, is up in a PSA 10. It's up 42% over the last three months, right? That was like a car that dipped to like 28 to 30 bucks. Now it's almost back up to $75. So people are recognizing the encore performance of these kind of breakout guys. And the same thing with the Fields. His, his base, Prism, over the last two weeks, up 67%. Um, and it's up 40 and his silver is up 41% just over the last two weeks, just over these two games where he's had like dominant performances and they haven't even won. They won one. I guess they won one of those games. They lost, uh, to the lions, I think this past week. And, this, yeah. and it's still like people getting excited about what he could be. I think at the very least he's bought himself a year or two as a starter of this team. They went out and, and traded for Chase Claypool. Their offensive line can only get better as one of the bottom two or three in the league. So as they, as they give him more talent around him, I think Matt Eberflus is finding his stride as a coach. Uh, there's all good things here for Justin Fields. So if you're a Justin Fields collector or someone that was afraid to sell, or if you're just someone that was bullish on the talent, good on you. And uh, you're in a good spot with Fields. He's definitely the most positive sign right now in the NFL market as far as, you know, immediate reaction to on-field stuff. So, yeah. yeah definitely. And looking at this stuff like we do from a weekly perspective and trying to identify what what is fluky, what's kind of just an outlier performance here and there, and like what's legit and what can we expect or, or project going forward. And you mentioned one big thing, them kind of revamping the offense. The trade for Chase Claypool, I think, was an important sign. And then – the design rush rate is finally up on the season. It's at 17% for Justin Fields design rush rate up to 23 and 29% in the past, past two weeks. That's why we're seeing these massive running performances for him. So if you want to take encouraging signs going forward, it is the fact that Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff has finally started to build around uh, Justin Fields' strengths in terms of uh, getting him some, getting him some talent in, in the yeah. pass catching core and also does designing plays that uh, maximize what he does well. Exactly. So I, I thought that was an encouraging sign. You mentioned another point that I want to piggyback off of and ask your thoughts on. You mentioned that SGA and Justin Fields and these guys that have had the on-court and on-field performances um, boost their markets lately. It's boosted the high ends for sure, the mid-tier and the high ends. Do you expect uh, this to be a general trend going forward where like when high-end markets are boosted, when on-field and on-court performance helps a player's high-end market, will it also help their low-end market like we're seeing with Justin Fields? In SGA, I, I just looked, Fields' base is up over 100% yep. over the last month. Like, is that something that is is relatively consistent across markets? It depends where it was. So um, for like Patrick Mahomes, for example, no, right? Because like his base is going to, well, he's, I guess he's a bad example because he only has a silver. Um, but for like someone like, I don't know, like Tom Brady, like, no, because their stuff was going to be already have such a high level of floor anyway, even when the lower end stuff was down, it wasn't going to go there. But, but someone like SGA or Fields is there two things. One, because the market was low and because we hadn't seen SGA play in like a year and a half because they shut him down a year mm -hmm. ago and people just kind of forgot about it. His base market dipped so much. And then the, 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 the difference between the base market dipping so much and then their encore performance improving so much is you're, you're only going to see nowhere to go but up. So, like, I think it's still climbing right now. And then I do think it'll plateau even if he continues this, like, all NBA type season. Same thing with Justin Fields. It's still climbing right now, but there's room. 
um, when you compare the base PSA 10 of SGA to the other guys in his class, Luca and Trey, right? There's room to get there. And he's not, I think he's better than Trey Young right now. Like I, that's, I don't, that's not an exaggeration. I don't know what Trey's base goes for, but SGA's is at $71 right now and climbing. Um, Trey's is at 64. So there you go. Trey's is, Trey's is lower than SGA's right now. So yeah, I think it's a little reactionary, um, but yeah, there is a, uh, uh, there is going to be a correlation from when the things when when those cards were down so much um and the the on court or on field performance is increasing so much there will be a correlation to the low end as well but i wouldn't look too far into that as anything more than a market correction for a great great player um the base stuff is risky the base stuff remains very risky so yeah totally agree it, it just and it's one of those things where it opens up your potential for customers you talk about uh potential investors and potential buyers getting squeezed out in the seven figure range you know there's there's certain people that are looking at these cards at you know the 50 to 100 dollar range and when they see justin fields they want to invest and and maybe all they can afford or maybe all they're interested in is is the base at 42 dollars. so it goes from yep. 42 to an 88 dollar card and if you were holding on to that stuff, then you've got an opportunity to sell into that a little bit, I suppose. Yep. Yep. Totally. All right. Let's let's move on from fields. Uh, let's let's look at some of these other quarterbacks, a little bit more established quarterbacks and, and guys that have kind of been hobby darlings over the last couple of years and see how their markets are faring uh, through ver through a variety of uh, successes and failures this season. Josh Allen is one that I thought was interesting. He's down slightly uh, 84K for his National Treasures RPA out of 99 in a PSA 10 had most recently sold for over a hundred. Um, what are your thoughts on Josh Allen right now in this, with this bill's offense? Yeah. If you want to buy Allen right now, I actually think you can, um, you know, the weather bills six and four now, um, you know, and, and so they've had some disappointing losses. He's now fourth or so in the MVP odds. So he's still that guy. In my opinion, he's dealing with some banged up elbow. I think the bills are still the most talented team in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run. Um, but, you know, you're definitely seeing him down a little bit. So his base, which is only a pop of 1,700, we've talked about the 2018 prism, how that for football, their pop is way lower, um, is down now over 32% over the last three months, 20% uh, over the last two weeks to under $600. So that's a $574 card in a pop of 1,700. And then you see the high end also being down a little bit, around 20%. Um, you know, it's definitely reactionary. Uh, I, I, this, this is one that I would be like if, if I could afford it. Uh, I would jump in if there was any, especially if there's any more floor, like if he lost another game coming up here, because, uh, you know, they've had some disappointing losses. I would I would certainly jump in to the Josh Allen. I know you're a believer in Josh Allen's talent as well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's people panicking a little bit, I think, here, uh, just because he had gotten up so high to the top. Basically, besides Brady, he was the top selling quarterback in uh, football. So Mahomes is now kind of taken back over on the high end from from Josh Allen. And I think Allen's, you know, people are just, he's down, his, his stuff still has a high floor, right? We're talking about a $600 base PSA 10. We're talking about uh, $80,000 plus NTRPA, but that was easily a $100,000 card for most of the last year and a half. So, you know, definitely interesting to see it go down to 84 in the, in the premier auction last night. I think one of the more surprising guys on this list, and, and maybe it shouldn't be surprising, but but if you had told me coming into the season that the Chiefs could lose Tyree Kill, that they'd have Travis Kelsey going into his, what, age 32 or age 33 season, and and he would still maintain this level of performance, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I am a little bit surprised at how well uh, how well he's played, how, how well the Chiefs offense has seemed to gel without him, and now they're dealing with injuries to Michael Hardman and to Juju Smith-Schuster. Mahomes' stuff, for the most part, is up in general, or at least stagnant. It's, it's yeah. basically stayed where it's at. Uh, how do you feel about Mahomes in, in the current state of this Chiefs offense? 
Yeah, well, Mahomes now the MVP favorite. I did the award show on ETR with Ryan Reynolds and Adam Levitan yesterday. And we, if you have listened to that, we had given him out as like a fourth or fifth shortest guy uh, two week, two or three weeks into the season. And, and everyone was saying, how can he overcome Hurts and Mahomes and, and Allen? And I said, well, there's a couple ways. One, the Chiefs have a really hard schedule. So if he can kind of overcome it, great. And he's also playing with way less talent than he's ever had from a skill position standpoint. And if he elevates uh, to make the Chiefs, you know, the best offensive football again, which is what he's done, the number one offense, I believe. So, you know, he's he is he's the original guy that kind of got the hype train rolling here on the modern day quarterbacks, right? It was him and then Herbert. Um, and he's kind of reminding everyone why that was, right? Where Allen was the hot name over the last year and a half. Mahomes has kind of been that that guiding force in in this in this world here. And he is just He's unworldly, man. He's, un- he's he's our quarterback on our main event team, and he mm-hmm. he carries us every single week with a weekly floor. And, uh, you know, you're seeing it on the high end and the mid-tier and the low end. So uh, it, the main sale from last – oh, there was a couple one-on-ones that went last night, and they all went for six, well into the six figures. So there was uh, Contenders 101, which is his cha- Super Bowl ticket, his best possible Contenders ticket auto, went for $456,000. I couldn't even find the last sale on that card, uh, but almost you know, $450,000 on a – paper auto you know his best card contenders card is is great uh that's great and then there's the gold vinyls out of five psa 10 rookie went for two hundred twenty-two thousand dollars. it's only been like two or three sales of this cards ever in the absolute bull market it went for over five hundred thousand dollars i wouldn't look at that as like a dip more than a that was hey a uh complete bull market sale yeah. but in general these that, that's probably where his these high this super high end prism contenders stuff is is sitting well into the Two, two to six hundred thousand dollar range for Mahomes, and then yeah, even his just like his regular prism stuff uh, throughout the season is either up or stagnant, as you mentioned. So I, I lost where I put it, but his silver he only has a silver, but his silver PSA ten is pretty much just it's been floating right around four to five thousand dollars all year. It's just basically stagnant over the last three over the last three months it's actually up 15 percent. but over the last month it's basically stagnant so this card was a little bit below four thousand dollars heading into the season at the beginning of the season and now it's up to between 43 and five thousand dollars so it is up uh you know for sure so yeah i think it's it's so important to have that context because when you see those numbers um just with respect to that gold vinyl psa 10 out of five you see those numbers it once sold for 570k and now it's it, it just sold at auction for 222 and it's important for someone like you that has the, the vast industry knowledge to just be like, no, the, the 222 is probably more of a fair price. The 570 was just never realistic. No. And, and it's just important to know that, yeah, it, it, it dipped 350K, you know, based off of the sales, but maybe that 570 was just never a realistic number to begin with. Yeah, agreed. And, and then, it, it, it's less yeah. an indication of where the market is or where Mahomes' market is and more an indication that that sale was just a, a, a bit of a, a, just a result of the bull run. Yeah, exactly. I think Prism one of one stuff in general for Mahomes, like like out of five or one of ones is going to be in a good grade. It's going to be around the three hundred dollar, three hundred thousand dollar range. There was a black one of one rookie auto um, that went for two hundred eighty eight last night in a nine five ten. I think that's right where you are on the high end stuff for Mahomes NT as well. Um, so his stuff's really, I think, is really safe. I think it's safe even through a recession here. You know, he's yeah. he's he's. I do think. I mean, tell me if you disagree. I think he's the face of our young quarterback. So like he. I think he's the Brady slash if you if you say that Mahomes and, and Allen are like Brady and Manning of this next generation, I, I would say Mahomes is more like the Brady here. Right. Yeah. He's like yeah. more chance at multiple Super Bowls, more chance at more, just more sustained success, a little bit less peaks and valleys. You know, I 
they're both excellent, excellent investments in my, in my opinion. And, and it, it, honestly, if I could afford it and I wanted a place to move my money during what you are a little bit scared of, I'd have no problem being in Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes through, through a possible recession. I would be feel fine about it. And I think we have reason to be even more from from, you know, what we expect him to do over the the course of the remainder of his career. We have even more reason to be optimistic now that he's shown it with with MVS, McCole Hardman, guys that we have very, very, very many questions about coming into this season from a a pass catching perspective. I I had legitimate concerns that maybe the Tyree kill departure would would do more damage than it has. And it's I mean, it certainly hasn't. Now they've got. Uh, more weaponry there with Kadarius Tony and a couple others in town. I, I do want to transition here quickly to a guy that I think we have more question marks about, though they might not be warranted, and it's Patrick Mahomes' Week 11 opponent, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're hearing a few more naysayers speak up a little bit about Justin Herbert. I don't know if it's necessarily fair given uh, the amount of injuries that he has dealt with in his pass-catching core, throwing passes to DeAndre Carter, Michael Bandy, Josh Palmer is his – Wide receiver one, even Gerald Everett has been dealing with injuries. So from an on-field perspective, just looking at uh, Justin Herbert and this Chargers team, I'm going to give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here just because of uh, the issues with Keenan Allen and and now recent injuries to Mike Williams as well. Hopefully with those guys uh, soon coming back, we can see an improvement in his offensive performance. Do you have the same question marks that I'm starting to see circulate uh, on Twitter and, and elsewhere about Justin Herbert's performance? I don't have any question marks about the talent. Um, I, I am concerned about the Chargers in general. I, they're so frustrating to watch. And you, you know, this is someone that knows the NFL. Like, I don't know what Brandon Staley is doing with that offense. It's, it's, it's just like, it, they, and I get the, the weapons, the injuries have been a huge problem this year. He hasn't had Keenan Allen the entire season. Like Mike Williams now been down for, for weeks. Um, but still, like, it is just, it, it's, it's like watching, you know, bricks get pushed up a hill. It's like really hard to watch <laughs> yes. that offense operate. Uh, and it shouldn't be that hard when you have someone of the talent of Justin Herbert. Uh, let's talk about this 2020 class as a whole. Let's talk about Herbert, Burrow, and Tua. All th- three different stories, basically, here. Um, and three guys that are all now, in their own right, you know, developing a market, a career. Like Tua is kind of establishing himself, trying to push himself into this group. What I find really interesting, we'll talk about Tua as its own thing. What I find really interesting about the Burrow-Herbert of it all, because those guys will oh, forever be compared to each other, right? On the low end, so, well, low end. So, like, they're silver PSA Prism 10s are about the exact same price right now, 1.5K for their silver PSA rookie 10 for a prism, okay? But on the high end, the high end collectors are still valuing Herbert more. His, his NTRPAs are going for more than Justin, for, than Joe Burrow's NTRPAs, at least if you lose yesterday's auction as an example. Um, Burrow's stuff's around 25,000. Herbert's stuff's getting up to around 40,000 for like their regular, just general NTRPA stuff. I find that to be very interesting that the high-end collector is still seeing more upside basically for as long-term investment plays in Herbert, but kind of your, your regular prism stuff is looking them as, as equals. I'm curious if you have any takeaways with that and, and how you would look at those two. Cause I, I think both are going to still have great careers. I think her, I think Burrow is actually a little safer. Um, but I do think the upside is probably still higher in Herbert. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah. And I wonder how much correlation and, and, and probably not much, you would know better than I do, but I wonder how much correlation there is between like, let's just use, the high-end card market and like high-stakes uh, DFS players or like mm-hmm. high-stakes gamblers, and and I think that you might see that where like maybe a more casual DFS player would would do something that we wouldn't expect a high-stakes DFS player to do, and maybe the similar situation is is playing out in a card market where like a high-stakes collector understands or or thinks or believes that Justin Herbert is a better talent, better long-term investment, and why you're seeing the NTRPA still push 40, 45 grand. Whereas like a higher stakes uh, collector, higher stakes DFS player 
might see that differently for somebody like Burrow. And so maybe we just see these differences uh, from a more casual versus, I guess, higher stakes or, or, yeah. uh, and I don't know if that's, if that's necessarily the case, I would throw the question right back to you and then ask you, and, and we can throw Tua into this now too, yeah. who's, who's NTRPA out of, uh, in a PSA 10. You have that 25. 25. You have a silver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went, went for and 30K. I think, I think it might've been Jersey number two. I think it was one. It might've been one out of 25. So, so, so a little bit of a different, not, not exactly the same, uh, yeah. you know, one for one uh, type situation there, but maybe we can just use the silver PSA 10 as an example. If you had to to park your money in, in any one of these guys at this respective point of their careers and say, hold for uh, a few years, who is the guy that you trust most now out of this 2020 class to, to return the most amount of money on your investment is it Herbert? Is it Burrow? Is uh, has has Tua won you over at this point? So it's it's interesting because two well two is silver PSA ten the pop still lay low it's only one forty but it's also half the price of the other two it's seven fifty seven hundred fifty dollar card or the other two are fifteen hundred but and you know this as someone that had some Tua before the year that card's up fifty percent in season over the last three months so you know you're selling almost in a into the the ceiling case of Tua right now, potentially, you know, are we ever going to see a better Tua Tagovailoa than we're seeing right now? You know, and this is what we, we spoke about during the, our offseason pods also, like whatever Tua is, Mike McDaniel will get out of him. And he has, he has, right? Yes. It's a mix of, it's a mix of Tyreek Hill being there and Mike McDaniel, but Mike McDaniel knowing how to use him and getting the most out of that talented quarterback. And, you know, he's second or MVP, second or third, him and Hertz are like tied for MVP yeah. odds right now. I mean, this is to me, I don't know if we're ever getting a better Tua case than this. So I would be selling Tua right now. Just I, I'm, I'm I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think he's I good. I think he has a career now. I think as long as Mike McDaniels, I think there's there's a floor established. And in, in but I, I, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. You, you hit on the things that are so important. If you plug Tua into this this Chargers offense right now, I think he's getting even less out of this Chargers mm-hmm. offense than, yeah, than Justin I Herbert agree. is at this at this current point in time. You you plug him into a Cincinnati offense that is now without Jamar Chase and has been for the last couple of weeks. You're getting less out of Tua than you would out of Burrow. He is he is directly correlated with, and I don't want to do the the debate of like how much credit does McDaniels get versus Tyreek versus Tua. Like they're all equally responsible for this team's success this season, but Tua is directly correlated and his prices should be directly correlated to how healthy uh, Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddell are and also how long Mike McDaniels is going to be in Miami. Um, so those two things are would, would be you know my biggest concern. Whereas I think guys like Herbert and Burrow are able to elevate talent around them a little bit more and can get more out of uh, adverse situations, if you will. So I, I do think that Tua kind of almost needs this this perfect type of setup to continue to do the things that he's been doing. I, I don't know if we. I think you're right in, in recommending that we we're, we're probably at a sell point with most Tua stuff. Um, I, I would push back a little bit and say maybe you can hold and hope for a little bit of a higher window as this yeah, team I mean, makes a playoff what, push. What, I, I think this team is good enough to make it. They're deep, leading the division, right? Or them or the Jets. I mean, the Bills are now not in the division. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all three teams might make the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. So yeah. I mean, but it, it, if, if they make the playoffs, I think that there there could be a little bit of a, a higher run up for Tua. Though I I would not blame anyone for wanting to sell at this point. I think this is this is what as a as a Tua backer and as someone who was excited about McDaniel's and Tyreek and if you bought at any point in that time or had bought even even when he wasn't uh, considered a good quarterback and had been holding, I think this is this was kind of the exact moment that we were all waiting for. So I, I don't I wouldn't blame anyone for selling at this point. Yep, exactly. Um, but to answer your question. Uh, and try to answer it fairly. I think if I had the guts to weather the storm of the next couple of years, and I and I was just I was just holding for long term, I would still be on Herbert the most of those three. I think if I wanted to make sure I had an out at any point over the next couple of years, um, 
I would be on Burrow. So if I go mid, mid, mid to shorter term, I think I'd be on Burrow. I think super long term, five years plus, I'd still bank on the Herbert talent. Um, but it's a, it's certainly risky. And I, but I think you're, that's what you're seeing the high end do, as you mentioned. Like they're, they're I think they're they're willing to take on the you know the the riskier investments as some some investors are right. You you take on the higher higher reward for the higher risk. Uh, I think that's where you're at with with Herbert right now. I don't think any of the three are bad plays though. I think all three guys are going to have really big careers and it's just so funny that we were so excited about the 2021 class and it, and it was just like it's the 2020 class still like it's not yeah we, it's you know. it is it is still the 2020 class that that brings up one thing that i took away from this this auction is like man you really need to be careful you either need to be a well you, you probably need to be both a price sensitive uh regardless of who you're investing in and be like very careful about which players you are investing in because there are so many good players right now that there's just you're, you're going to get squeezed out on some guys that you might think uh, are good talents or are good investment pieces and there's just not enough there's just not enough to go around we have so many good young quarterbacks in this league and, and you see guys start to get squeezed and guys not really have as big of markets as we might expect because of you know, despite having good on on court on court or on field performances, just because there's so many you know so many pieces, we just talked about five, six, seven, eight of them, and and, and didn't even talk about any of some of these other young quarterbacks that uh, that probably deserve to be mentioned. Is there anyone else that we that you do want to touch on, whether it be from the auction or just from a, a you know market standpoint? At, at kind of now that we're past the halfway point of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, we didn't really mention Jalen Hurts, who also is in that 2020 class. I mean, his stuff has been good throughout the year as well. I, he didn't have too much in the auction last night, so that's kind of why I didn't write much down. He did have a flawless uh, RPA that went for around 14000 I think that's a pretty solid price for Hurts. I know his base uh, prism is definitely up over the last three months, 47%. It's up to $136 card. We spoke about him before the season two, when that was like an $80 card. So that's up at a pop of 1700 His silver is uh, also up 30% over the last three months, an $861 card. So his silver PSA 10 with a similar pop to Tua's is more expensive than Tua's. So, you know, that's kind of a, a one for one. It's about $100 more card than Tua. Uh, and that's like the second and third in your MVP race right now in Jalen Hurts and Tua. So those are both up in season. So, you know, good to see, I think, that the that the spikes at their first real in-season, um, you know, winning performances – statistical performances, all that good stuff is, is being reflected in their markets. So, yeah. Is, is Jalen hurts equally a sell for you uh, when comparing to like looking at Tua's market or is, is there reason to believe in this a little bit more long-term than you believe in the Tua stuff? Um, I think he's sustainable long-term in a similar way. I feel like Justin Fields is like, these guys have like Josh Allen bodies with four, three speeds. Like they're, you know what I mean? Like they're, right. so I think in that, in that way, I think longevity could be there, but I do think I would sell hurts this season. I would just, because I think, we, I think we probably both agree the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Like I would probably be waiting till an NFC championship or getting into the playoffs or, or whatever. So I wouldn't be doing it right now, but I would be having my eyes on selling uh, Hertz over the next two months, probably. Yeah. So. I think we, we caught up on everything, the, the, at least the high notes of the PWCC yeah. auction, anything else you want to mention uh, from either a football market perspective or just a overall market perspective in general? Uh, not really. I mean, I know there's been a lot of hobby stories since we've last recorded. Um, it's, if we can, we'll catch up on all that kind of stuff in, in the future. There's some weird stuff going on with Panini. Obviously, we're still waiting on a lot of the fallout here with Fanatics and Tops and the way the, the market's going to shift and production issues are still a problem. We're still getting some new releases. Um, but it, it's all stuff that if you just Google yourselves, feel free to hit us up in the Discord. We'll try to try to answer. I, it, 
it's, you know, be careful with your money. That's all I'll say. Just be careful. With your money. I'm trying to be as, as conservative and careful as I can be um, without losing too much value on the stuff that I have. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. It is a crazy time. We will, we'll touch on some of those stories next week. Uh, as Gary mentioned, if you're, if you're in the established, the run collectibles discord, you'll see some of those things, but I do think it makes sense. Kind of, kind of did a general market catch up with a, a, a football centered focus here today i think we catch up on some more market related stuff some more uh cardboard not conspiracy stuff but some more cardboard topic uh discussions in next week's episode and in that episode we'll also try and hit on some nba stuff because the nba season has been phenomenal this year you mentioned sga mentioned luca but there has been so many so many young talents uh that have emerged as you know it seems like the lebrons of the world are are giving way to the young guys finally so we will uh, we'll get back to that next week. I'm very excited to learn from from Gary from some NBA stuff because he's grinding those streets very hard day in and day out. Uh, we need to get him off of the show so he can get back to doing that. He needs to grind decimal points. He needs I to do grind. have top plays to write for NBA. Today. Exactly. Exactly. So ho- hopefully we see you all there. Hopefully we see you in the ETR collectibles discord in the DFS streets, wherever you guys may be. We will catch you next time for Gary. I'm Cody. Take care, everybody.